Hi, and welcome to episode 89 of the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. I'm David Auerbach, CEO and publisher at iPhone Life. And I'm Sarah Kingsbury, Senior Web Editor at iPhone Life. Each episode, we bring to you the best apps, top tips, and great gear in the iOS world. And this week, we want to talk to you about our iOS 12 beta experiences as well. We have all downloaded the beta version of Apple's next mobile operating system, and we've both been experiencing the perks and the downsides <laughs> of that. Um, so we wanted to share that with you if you're considering trying the beta yourself, and also just to give you a preview of what you can expect when the shipping version comes out in September. So we'll be getting into all of that and more. Um, we want to start out by sharing a tip with you for your iPhone. If you, uh, as you know, as many of you probably know, we have a daily tips newsletter, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> which you can sign up if you go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips. And when you do that, you get a free tip each day sent to your inbox that teaches you something cool you can do with your phone in less than a minute, or the tip takes less than a minute to learn. Uh, so this week we wanted to teach you how to save or download your Spotify Discover Weekly playlist. So this works whether or not you pay for Spotify. Um, quick quick poll here, who is using Spotify? I'm very firmly in the Spotify camp. <laughs> My name's David. I use Spotify. <laughs> I have a paid subscription too. And I have Apple Music. Yeah. Do you use Spotify at all, the free version? or No, okay. just Apple Music. Well, David and I will both say that we like Spotify better. <laughs> and, and honestly, then one of the main reasons is because of this Discover Weekly playlist. Right. So do you want to describe quickly sure. what Discover Weekly is? So what Spotify does really well is they have a lot of features for discovering new music that Apple Music is catching up on, but in my <laughs> opinion, isn't quite there. And so what, what Spotify does is they use uh, AI to basically measure your listening habits, map it to other people who have similar listening habits, and find songs that those people like that you have not yet heard. And it puts it in a playlist. And each week, there's 30 songs in this playlist. It's called Discover Weekly. And they're songs that are kind of in similar genres, similar types of music to what you like to listen to, uh, but you haven't yet heard them. Uh, and I love it. I listen to It's one of those little things that gets into your, like, weekly ritual every Monday I come in and I listen to it uh, and uh, but this is where the tip comes in each week it's renewed so if you yeah. didn't like you lose all those songs you listen to unless you go out of your way to save them yeah so I've been using Spotify too and a lot there are some weeks that are way better than others mm -hmm. and you like the whole playlist pretty much and so instead of losing those songs what you can do is first of all how you get to your discover weekly is you you know op open the app go to your library and tap on playlists and in that list you'll see discover weekly and if you have a pr paid premium subscription subscription you'll see a toggle that says download and so if you just toggle that on it will download the playlist to your spotify app if you have a free subscription you won't see that download option but you with free you can still create playlists and all the songs that you've liked will show up in your app so you can either go in and tap the heart next to the songs you like to like them, or um, or you can tap wait, add to playlist, which you get to if you tap the three dots to the right of the song, uh, and then tap add to playlist. Yeah, I believe that's right. <laughs> and we'll also include a link to this article because it has step-by-step -step for both free and premium. And so if my description was a little confusing, yeah. you'll be able to find it there. And, and so, I mean, basically what it is is that what you can do, because this playlist resets each week, if you want to just keep all of the songs from your Discover Weekly over time, you can just take them and put them all into a playlist that you're creating. You can call it, you know, My Discover Weekly, something like that, and you just put them all in, and then you have a huge, long thing of your Discover Weekly. I, what's nice about that is some weeks you don't have time to listen to it. Last week I was traveling, I didn't get a chance to listen to it, and so I just missed all those songs. And so it is yeah. a nice feature for that reason. Personally, what I like to do is I like to, as I'm listening, just save the songs I like, and then they automatically go into my songs section, and then I don't need to have all the songs I don't like in a kind of elaborate playlist. Yeah, because I, I like, I most of the time prefer to do that too, just because... 
even though Spotify's algorithms are good, a lot of times there are songs on there that are kind of a miss and mm-hmm. you don't want to hear yeah. again. Um, but also just wanted to let people know with Spotify, with the free version on your desktop computer, you can actually listen, choose which song to play at which time. On your iPhone, though, with the free version, you can listen to a playlist, but it won't, you don't get to choose, you don't get to play on demand. It's on shuffle. It'll be on shuffle. So, and you'll get ads. But a lot of people use Spotify free and it's still pretty powerful. Yeah, I'm I'm a premium subscriber. I, I think I like listening to on demand what I want to listen to when I want to listen to it. Yeah, yeah but and the ads are annoying. Yeah. You know, at least there's that option like Apple, it's paid or nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it's true. true. So iPhoneLife.com slash daily tips will teach you how to do a lot of times it'll be something that'll be through one of Apple's built-in apps or settings, but we do sometimes cover third popular third-party apps and how to make the most of them too, like today's tip with Spotify. So um, moving on, we also have our insider subscription. That's our premium educational service that you can go to iPhoneLife.com slash insider to sign up. We want to share one of our insider questions that Sarah helped solve. Uh, one of the features you get with Insider is you get access to our experts. So if you have a tech problem that comes up, you can ask, you can email in and we'll help you solve it. Um, you also get guides. Right now I'm working on the iOS 12 guide, which is very helpful having the beta while creating that um, so that you, as soon as the version comes out, you'll be able to make the most out of this new software, which there's a lot to it as you'll be learning. And so it's helpful to have a complete walkthrough and all of our guides give you a step-by-step walkthrough. So you make sure you know everything you need to know. And you also get a video version of our daily tips and a digital subscription to the magazine. So uh, Sarah, share with us um, our insider questions. I got a, an email from an insider who wanted to know how to remove um, videos from his iPhone Eight plus to free up space, but not delete them from anywhere else. Which um, <laughs> so you know, iCloud Photo Library. If you delete it from iCloud Photo Library, it's deleted from everywhere else that you're signed into iCloud Photo Library. Um, but there are a couple options if if what you're after is saving storage space. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, you can go to the settings app in your phone and go to, I think it's general, and then iPhone storage, and you'll actually see a lot of options, not just for photos, but um, like different apps and things like that, where you can um, optimize storage in a lot of ways. Um, but you can specifically optimize your photo storage in uh, the setting, the photo settings. You go to settings and then photos, um, and then you select optimize iPhone storage. And what this does is it keeps on your phone low-res versions of you, all your images and videos, but preserves the original higher quality ones in the cloud so that you can put them back on your phone or access them at any time, and they will still remain on any device where you have the originals. Um, so that's one way. If that mm-hmm. doesn't save enough storage, and videos take up a lot yeah. of storage, yeah. that's the problem. And, and buying a phone, an iPhone with enough storage is very expensive. What I would recommend doing is, one, consider having a different cloud service, like Dropbox or something else. Um, I would research, see which one works best for you. You can still access them on your phone and any other device where you're logged into that cloud service, um, but they won't be taking up storage space on your phone. And if you're concerned about you know, like you want like a hardware backup, you know, put them on a flash drive, store them on your computer. Again, videos take up a lot of space, so you kind of got to think about that. But it's always a good idea if something's really important to you to have both like a cloud backup and a hardware backup mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would recommend if storage is the issue. Now, Google Photo, I know, automatically backs up your photos for free in the cloud. Do they also automatically back up your videos? Um, I think so. The reason I did not recommend Google Photos is there may be settings you can change, but generally, if you delete something from Google Photos, it will delete it from iCloud Photo Library and vice versa. Oh, you can definitely change that. Yeah. Because so. that's one of the nice things with Google Photo is unlike iCloud library where if you delete it one place it's deleted everywhere Google Photo lets you delete it from your phone but keep it in the cloud. Yeah, yeah so I don't, that's what I was going to I was thinking Google Photos as a potential or Dropbox. It, it is said. a potential. It really depends on 
how I don't really feel like I would describe Google as a like secure place to save your images. Um, so it really depends on like what kind of um, yeah. sort of security you want for your photos and in videos. Yeah, definitely not the same privacy standards that Apple has. Yeah, secure. Right. <laughs> I think it's secure. Like you're not going to lose the videos and it has the same level okay, of so security. Okay, so like privacy. Privacy, yeah. exactly. Right. Uh, now we have we did a full workshop on iCloud photo versus Google yeah. photo. Uh, we can link to it. Sarah right. will link to it. Thanks, thanks, Ray. I always, uh, it, it, it's a little bit of an inside joke with us where I always promise we're going to link to things, and Sarah's the one that actually has to create these articles and go link to them, and she's always. And he doesn't make notes. He no, doesn't make notes no, about it. I just have no. to remember. Yeah, Sarah will remember. She's great at this. Yeah. <laughs> or I just do like search in the transcript. Well, thanks, Sarah. That's, I feel like this. Photo management and video management is a really common issue for most iPhone users, so it's great to get some different ideas in that area. If you want to become an Insider member, go to iphonelife.com insider. So we're ready to get into the main theme. We're going to talk about our iOS 12 beta experiences, and we're going to go through all of the, the main features of iOS 12. We might not be able to hit every single one, but I wanted to start out by just talking about favorite and least favorite features for each of us. Sarah, do you want to start us off? Um, okay, so I have a couple. One, the whole screen time thing. I set it up and I hate it. Um, do you want to explain what screen time is? Yeah, it's basically, it tracks how much time you spend on different apps during the day and how, much you, how many times you pick up your phone during the day, and I don't mind that part. But what it also does is you can set limits on different how much you can use different apps or, you know, like sort of set a like during this from this time to this time, like I can only access like maybe my phone and, you know, my clock or something. You can choose which apps you can access when you want to not be using your phone. And that seemed like a great idea, but like trying to coordinate that with like the do not disturb and certain alarms that I have and notifications that I really need and like trying to make it all work together where one wasn't canceling out other things that I did need proved to be like difficult. Mm. Yeah. And um, I would agree with that. I, I found it really like too much to coordinate. It was like I was missing important alarms um, because, you know, I have an alarm that goes off like well before I wake up for real so that I can take like a medication that I have to take before like at least an hour before I can eat breakfast and so I like to take that like before I'm really getting up so I can eat breakfast right away and things like that and trying to make all of that work together and then sometimes I don't like getting texts in the middle of the night but sometimes I do when they're important and I'm, I actually missed some important texts and I was just like you know what never mind like I'm missing my medication I'm missing important texts I want to check this thing and my phone's telling me I can't and I'm getting like mad. <laughs> so I turned it off. David, totally, I feel like this is an I told you so moment. For David. I'm avoiding <laughs> saying it, but as soon as I saw that feature, I'm like, I, I, I didn't know about you, but I'm like, I'm going to hate that. Like, I love that my phone for screen time tells me my usage pattern so I can self-regulate. I hate the idea of my phone telling me what I can and cannot access on my phone. Yeah, like the yeah. phone taking sort of a parental role. Yeah. I think yeah. that screen time is really, it's an improved version of parental controls because you can right. use it if you have family sharing set up, you can use it to set not only content restrictions like you could with restrictions before, Which is but great. now you can also set up how much time your kid is spending on different yeah. apps. And I feel like that's really useful. That's cool, yeah. What I didn't like about the screen time thing is you know, do not disturb prevents outside notifications. Like people can't text you or call you. You still actually, like they might be silenced, but you can still get like notifications from your phone. And that's important to me. It's an important distinction. Mm. And um, and yeah, I I didn't, wasn't sure I would like it. I thought I'd give it a try and it's definitely a big no for me. <laughs> um, so least favorite screen time. Okay. Yeah, second least favorite is um, selfies. It started flipping them. So you take the selfie and you're like, 
I like that, and you snap the picture, and then it like flips it, and you're like, what is this? My face looks weird, because we see ourselves in the mirror, and that's what we think we look like, and I don't want to see what I actually look like, I want to see what I'm used to thinking I look like. That's so interesting. And, and the only that's way you can fix that is like with a third-party app, and I don't want to like edit all my selfies. And um, I did have another complaint, which was I couldn't figure out how to access my photo library from text messages, because clearly I text a lot of photos. Um, but they've actually moved it into the app bar, so yeah, it's still yeah. there, um, and that actually makes a lot of sense. So why, why do you think Apple changed that with the selfies? I don't know. I mean, it's okay. I don't. I don't. Who knows? But it, it it makes sense because the rest of the world views you not mirrored, and yeah. it's particularly annoying with text, where if you take a selfie. You can't read any of the text on this on on somebody's shirt, or if you want to do a selfie, right, I don't yeah. know when you do selfie of text, but like it's just weird. In some ways, you'd argue it's weird to mirror well, it in the first I, place. Yeah. I don't mind that this feature exists. What I don't like is that you I can't, can't turn it off. it off. Yeah, yeah, customization, and it's what you're used to. All right, what's your favorite feature? Hmm. Um, probably right now the emojis, which is, <laughs> um, you know, I doubt that I will end up using them much, but they're so much fun. Well, and your emoji is just perfect. Like, I'll get to mine, and I'm struggling, but yours looks exactly like you. We should I, explain <laughs> what emoji is yes, for thanks. people who don't so, know. So, uh, well, there's the animojis, which are basic, like, basically like emojis, but they are animated, and they your iPhone uses your you know front-facing camera to map it to you know the movement of your face so that you can send basically video messages of yourself as like some cute little animal in text messages. Um, and you can even save them and then send them to people. I mean, you can, you can send them to Android users. It's like way better than like you didn't used to be able to do a lot of these features with people who didn't also have iMessages. Mm -hmm. But you can send these to anyone. And the memojis are like animojis, but it's you. You know, it's kind of like Bitmoji. You basically create an animated version of yourself and then you can torture people by like sending them emoji <laughs> messages instead of text messages. And you can take a picture of yourself, but it'll automatically superimpose your emoji over your real face. Yeah, or which is really useful technology. So, but here's the problem <laughs> is that I got lucky like my face shape and like hairstyle were like I had good options for those, but a lot of people don't. And I'm sure David's going to tell you about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you about that right now. I have curly hair, uh, <laughs> yeah. and they're not very good curly hair options. My hair is a little bit longer, and like the only longer hair options were like mostly female hairstyles that didn't quite work. Or super slicked back. Super slicked back. And so mine right now is a hairstyle that's very slicked back we were describing as looking a little bit douchey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait, I thought you meant your actual hair, because I say your actual hair is not slicked Donna back. stumbled into this and actually called my real hair douchey. No, But I, I just think... <laughs> I was like, you know, what did I say? It's You're hard. like, you know, with long hair, it's just hard not to look douchey. I think that was actually an exact <laughs> like, quote. But not you. Yeah, but not you. You're great. <laughs> Way to save it, Donna. Yeah, totally save it. And she's like, I'm just going to stop talking. Uh, the memojis... The hairstyles I'm struggling with. Other than that, but they're fun. I mean, I'm enjoying yeah. and them. There are a lot of options. There are a lot of options. It's hard to find anyone that are right. that are not douchey with long hair. Yeah. The curly hair <laughs> options are bad. Yeah, the curly hair options were not great. Yeah. yeah. So David, tell us what your least and favorite features are. Okay, so full disclosure, I had been resisting upgrading to beta, as I said I would, <laughs> and I upgraded for this podcast so I could talk about it, but I just upgraded, so I don't feel like I've had the full... He's a newbie. I'm, I'm a newbie to it. So far, I'm enjoying it. Um, I would say the feature I like the most by far is the grouped notifications. Yeah, yeah that's great. It's Me a too. game changer. Like, you look... It's, you know it's a good feature when when you see it, it makes you angry that they didn't do it all along. And that's how yes. I deal with it. I'm like, why have I been struggling with non-group notifications this whole time? Especially yeah. as Android's had it for a while. Um, so that I'm loving. I've noticed, oh, go ahead. Do you want to describe what that is? Oh yeah, sure. So basically how group, how notifications used to work and they work on iOS 11 is that they're just a chronological feed. So when a notification comes in, it's on the top as another one comes in and bumps it to the second place, et cetera, et cetera. Now, 
A lot of times though, some apps send you a lot of notifications, some apps send you a few, but the apps that send you a lot of notifications aren't necessarily the ones that you care the most about. For mm -hmm. example, we use Slack in the office and all, we will have a group conversation going on about something that I'm on a thread in, but I don't necessarily need to follow. Uh, and so I'll have about a hundred Slack <laughs> notifications and mixed in of there, and yeah, of random things that people are chatting about. Mixed in there will be a super important text message that I really wanted to see but couldn't see because it was just randomly yeah. mixed in. So now it would take all of the notifications from each app and group them together. So it says you have 96 Slack notifications and two text messages. And each one you can visually see. It's and like a stack. It's a stack, exactly. And you can, you can kind of click on it and see all of them if you want to, but you don't have to. And the other thing, the feature that goes along with it is the ability to mute uh, notifications. And it gives you, A, you can have it so it doesn't come up on your lock screen, but it's still in your notification center. Mm -hmm. But you can also have it so that you unsubscribe from notifications from your lock screen. That's great. Because what happens to me is I'll get a notification from an app I really don't want to have access to notifications, but I'm too lazy to like open my phone, go into settings yeah, while I'm on it. the go. But you can just swipe over and unsubscribe. Yeah. So Wait, do you swipe over and then you do manage, right? Yeah, you swipe yeah, over, thanks. manage, and then deliver quietly. Yeah. Is the option. And then you can do the same thing, deliver prominently if you want to bring them back. Mm -hmm. So, um, so or turn off altogether from manage. I would <laughs> say I'm only a day into this. So far, I don't have anything I'm disliking, to be honest. A another feature that I, I, is subtle, but it feels like the keyboard is faster. Have you guys noticed yeah, this? Yeah, I mean, I know that Apple promised a lot for older devices that the, like for the iPhone 6 Plus, I think it was, it's supposed to be twice as fast mm -hmm. and opening the camera and apps is supposed to be way faster, but I think it's faster even on the iPhone 10. In general, I haven't noticed too much of a speed difference on the iPhone 10 for some of the things. Like I tried switching between apps a lot and opening apps and it seemed about the same, but yeah. the keyboard is a lot faster. Uh, which I really like. Yeah. So for me, group notifications was also my favorite. And one, I'll just point out one of the perks of it that I really like. Um, I like, for a while I'd turned off breaking news notifications and updates for podcasts that I've subscribed to just because I feel like of what David said, it's hard to see amongst that all of the more urgent notifications because like I really want to see things I've reminded myself of or my text messages. Those are things I want to like address really regularly. Mm -hmm. But now it's made my notification center a nice place to go check out like, you know, just at my own convenience. I can go and read all the breaking news for the day just by like tapping and opening a mm -hmm. stack from Quartz or New York Times and just check that all out at the same time or see a list of all the new podcasts that came out that day and which one do I want to listen to mm -hmm. in this really nice convenient way. Whereas before, it was either turned off or it would just be made notification center somewhere that I didn't go and use. So it really has made a huge difference for me. Um, I also, I think that I, I don't have any features that I'm hating besides, I totally agree with Sarah about screen time. I and think that as, I mean, as a kid, I would hate it if my parents <laughs> was doing this to me also. I have not but, yet decided if I will do this to my 15 year old. Yeah, it's tricky, but um, I think it's, it's making parental controls way more effective mm -hmm. because with family sharing now in that screen time section, I can see the people that I'm on family sharing with and there's the option to go through the process of setting up both what kind of content they can look at on their phones and also how long they can be on their phones. And I think that's just better than what we've had in the past. But aren't you family sharing with other adults? It seems yeah. really sketchy that you should have the option to even look at that for yeah, them. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Oh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I think that uh, I wouldn't be able to set it up for other adults. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah, and I'm not like be able, to, I'm not able to like see how they're using their phones. Oh, okay, because that sounds creepy. But one thing that I do like about the screen time <laughs> feature is just that it shows, is the, st the statistics. <laughs> mm -hmm. Apparently it's hard for me to speak today. At the top, they have a little section that tells you how many times you pick up your phone an hour. And that's one that it it's was terrifying. alarming. Shocking. To me. Yeah. It's like every like seven minutes. Or oh my God. I haven't gone phone. through a full day. So I'm like eagerly awaiting slash terrified to see my usage patterns. Yeah. So let's talk about just like go through, hit some of the main features that mm -hmm. people know about them. Um, 
Memojis, we've talked about a little bit. They're 30 seconds now instead of 15 seconds. And there are four new animals. There's a T-Rex and a, the koala is really cute. I like the T-Rex. Yeah. Um, group FaceTime. Poor Sarah. We're doing this guide. I've been like calling her every five minutes on FaceTime to <laughs> that, test this out. I haven't had a chance to use yet. What do you guys think? I mean, it's buggy in the data. Uh, so we've had problems. Um, so technically, you're allowed to now add 32 people to a FaceTime call. Which seems excessive. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> well, I think this will be really fun once the official version's out and it's like the bugs have been worked out. Assuming the can, bugs are worked out. That we could use that. We have a 9 o'clock morning check-in and if people that people slack in for. But I feel like mm -hmm. it could be fun to try it out because you can use emojis and other camera I, effects I like in that FaceTime now. Because sometimes you would FaceTime me and I was like, I didn't wear makeup to work today. I'm like, not, I'm not <laughs> camera ready. I am not ready to go into the iOS 12 guide. And like sometimes when I'm working from home, I don't put on my camera because I'm like actually sitting in bed I know. and in my pajamas and my hair is sticking everywhere. So I could just like stick a emoji on my face yeah, instead. It's perfect. Yeah. Although with FaceTime, we can still see the rest of your surroundings. We'd probably still see your PJs, but you know, I'll just get, I'll just hit some cuter ones like more ragged t-shirts. At least your emoji doesn't look douchey, so you're fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So that that's a feature that's pretty exciting. Um, the password management is something, I don't know if you've played with much, Sarah, but there's some new features that are actually making me consider canceling my 1Password wow. subscription. And that is that now, for a while now with Safari, you've been able to have strong passwords suggested to you when you create accounts and then have them autofill, but it's only been in Safari. So now Apple is providing that for all third-party apps. Mm. And um, so that just makes it something you can use across app. Also, apps like 1Password and LastPass will be able to do that, which is... That's good, because yeah. I will say, I use 1Password. I love 1Password, but in my phone, they were supposed to have an integration where you could, like, do it before, but it was really hard to do, and I could never quite figure out how to, like, in a third-party app, fill in a password that I have from 1Password. And that was really hard for me, especially because I use Chrome as my primary browser on my phone. And I, yeah. it was really rough. So you would then go to 1Password, the 1Password app to find it. And I'd be really annoyed the whole time. Yeah, so that's not great. So with password management, this is a big improvement. In the beta, it doesn't work in every app. It was only working in some. Okay. Um, but the other thing that's cool is if you go into your app and password settings in the settings app, with this, it'll have a little like uh, hazard symbol next to all of, you'll see all of your logins and you'll see this little symbol next to ones that are duplicates across your uh, your different accounts. So if you've ever been using the same password, you can see that there and then you can just uh, open it up and tap cool. it to reset a password and use that's, one of Apple's that's strong That's a great ones. idea. Mm -hmm. So it just, it's like really pushing people to stop using these bad habits <laughs> and it's super useful and it's free as opposed to these other options. Great. So, um, other features you guys want to talk about? Oh, I had one that was really, I really enjoyed. Uh, the Photos app. I'm enjoying the Photos mm. app, but in particular, I've complained a lot on this podcast about how difficult it is to share albums. Yeah. I've only messed around with it a little bit, but so far it seemed a lot easier to share photos with the Photos app. Because um, I... Google Photos, you mean? No, no. The Photos app. I thought you were saying it was hard to share albums. It was you hard. Was I was 12. I was 12 it oh, okay. now seems a lot easier because with... In the past, I've recommended using the app Moments, but the problem with the Moments app is that um, it doesn't have live photos. And sometimes the live photos are really fun. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wanting to move away from that, but I haven't had a great solution. Uh, and obviously, if you can do it within the Photos app, that's the most convenient. Of course, you still struggle with people who don't have iPhones, but everyone I know has iPhones anyway. So, But you can also, with this, you can share, the mechanism for sharing is through the Messages app. Yeah. So you can share it with non-iOS Yeah, people. but I think it's less, like, could they then up Great, uh, upload photos to that same album because that's the oh that's the dream. no I don't I don't think so yeah 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 so this is I really like that too now when you open the photos app you'll see recent albums you've taken and it will say like we had some pictures together Sarah and it'll be like 
you know, suggest that I share them with you because it recognizes your face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's also a really easy way to add new faces because it'll be other albums. If it doesn't know the face, it'll just say, share this album. And you can go in quickly and select who's in those pictures. And then I was, like, you associate a face with a contact is how yeah, it Yeah, exactly. And then you can text it to them. I was a little bit underwhelmed by the For You section. There's a, now a tab in the yeah. Photos app called For You. And it basically just seemed like albums. Like it just... I found the Google Photos similar section was a little bit more feature heavy. Yeah, the only thing that I found valuable and for you is the sharing yeah, suggestions. Exactly. Yeah. What do you think about the sort of new organization of the different albums and you know, like you have to like scroll horizontally through them and then they have that also like broken up by like different sort of media types like screenshots and live photos and videos. I liked that. I Mm -hmm. like the media types is something they had before, but it was kind of in a confusing, I found the photos app to be kind of confusing to navigate, honestly. So, so far I've liked it, but again, I've only messed around with it a little bit. So I haven't yet found all the little quirks that drive me crazy, which I look forward to complaining about all year. (laughs) The smart (laughs) search is cool. And the search bar they now have, for a while you've already been able to search a, you know, for photos based on people, places, and things. Mm-hmm. But now you can layer those search terms on top of each other. So That's I was cool. searching for photos in Laguna Beach, and then I typed in, like, sunglasses just to test this out. So then it showed all the pictures <laughs> of me in Laguna Beach wearing sunglasses. That's really cool. That's and great. So that's that's kind of cool. But you know what? Facial recognition continues to suck. It's not. I feel like it's not as good as Moments, mm. or it's not as good as Google Photos either. It's not yeah. even as good as, like, facial recognition on the Mac. Yeah, yeah, it's like once you've typed in, it's annoying that you have to, like you have to go to a lot of work. Like you can go in and confirm additional faces to see whether, like you can help it learn if a certain photo was Sarah or was someone else. But like I feel like other apps just get that without you having to go through that well, stuff. Well, and one thing that drives me crazy is that it won't always recognize that something's a face and there's no way, like at least in the Mac you can be like, hey, this is a face and not only is it a face, it's this person's face and then that helps, right? Like, you can't do that at all. You can't be like, actually, this is a face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other feature that I love, this was competing with group notifications for me. Oh, wow. um, it's do not disturb while sleeping. And that's a feature that uh, it, it silences all of your alarms at night, which you can already set up with a schedule with do not disturb. But now it's also tied to the bedtime feature in your clock app. So I set this up, this was an iOS 11 feature. If you either from your control center or just go to the clock app, go, you can go to a, a little tab called bedtime and there you can set up your routine. So for me, ideally I'm going to bed at 10 and waking up at seven. And so once I've set that up now- You sleep nine hours a night? I'm so, I tried to. I'm so jealous. I, mean, I tried to. That's I usually end up being like 10.30 to 6.30, <laughs> you know? But um, I, what was I saying? Oh yeah, so in there you can turn on a feature, you can control this, which is nice, if it, have it tied to your do not disturb or not, um, which I like to. So now when it's bedtime, it'll automatically like darken my screen and there'll be a do not disturb symbol on the display that lets me know that all my stuff will be silenced. I can I also like check that. it if I want to. And then in the morning, um, if I wake up before this, the time limit has ended, you can hard press it, tap turn off, and then like a nice little good morning widget will appear on your display mm-hmm. that gives you the weather too. Ooh, I haven't seen the good morning widget yet. Yeah, and so it's, it's like a clean display so you're not immediately bombarded. With notifications. With notifications. I like that. And so it's a small feature, but it's something that I like. Yeah, I will say they still do not, to my knowledge, have the ability to have do not disturb bedtime features per day to account for the that fact I that hate. you have different schedules on the weekend. Um, but I do like, because sometimes because of this, I have my do not disturb set for 10, and on the weekend if I'm up late, it'll automatically put my do not disturb on, and then yeah. I won't know. But now That's there's the a very problem. clear notification that yeah. tells you when it's turned on, so Your at least you know that. that it's happening, which I liked. And That's why yeah. I have do not disturb from 12 to 5 a.m., and it's because of the weekends. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's really annoying because... I I really like the quiet alarms. That's the main reason I use the bedtime feature is it does a gradual wake up as oh. opposed to all the other alarms. You don't have those quiet options. Ooh, I have to try that out. So, and, but you can set, like, I only want this alarm Monday through Thursday. So I have that set up, but you can't set up a second bedtime feature for the weekend. Mm. But you can make it, you can, if when you go into options in the bedtime feature, you can choose the days of the week you want that for. But the it just seems like they obviously should let you set up 
two, you know, like mm-hmm. cuss, or set up multiple alarm systems for, yeah. for the day of the week. I, I will say that I, I very much enjoyed the new Stocks app. It's, mm. it's an app that I never used the Stocks app. I always used third-party apps because it was just so minimalist. It didn't give you much stuff. Now it gives you a lot more options. It gives you the news, which is integrated in, which I really like. Uh, so if you're, like, say, on Apple stock and you're looking at the stock, it'll show you Apple's news underneath, and it gives you an interactive chart, which I think it had an interactive chart before, but it shows you the chart on the home screen. So when you go to it, it you can see the trend for the day. Uh, it, it's a much nicer, more robust app. I still think I prefer Yahoo Finance, but it definitely is a big step forward for Apple stocks. Yeah, stocks came to the iPad. Voice memos also came to the iPad. Oh, yeah, which is and both And they important. redesigned iBooks, and it's now called Apple Books, and it includes audiobooks now as well. Oh, great. So there are some redesigned apps. Voice memos seemed pretty much a visual redesign, but there's now features that can... You used to only be able to trim the beginning and ends of videos, and now you can go in and like replace segments of the of the okay. like recording, and you can set it to high quality lossless instead oh. of their compressed version. So if, it is better now if you want to record music or an audio interview and have it be high quality. And I think I read it backs up to the cloud. Yeah. Which is yeah. really important if you have a ton of voice memos and you lose your phone or something, you couldn't I know. get it before. I know one of our, Rayanne had that problem. I think she lost a lot of like really like interviews with her families and family yeah, and stuff. Yeah, that's so sad. Um, but I think, so now it's on the iPad and that means it will sync. The iPad yeah. integration means it will yeah. sync between your iPad and your iPhone too, yeah. which is nice. So the last couple features I wanted to just to mention, the iPad now has new iPhone 10 gestures. Like, you still have the home button, although we'll probably be getting iPads this year without the home button. But it's kind of easing people into this new mm-hmm. gesture system. So you can mm-hmm. still use your usual home screen things, but you can also swipe down from the top right for control center and get mm-hmm. to your app switcher I'm by like swiping up halfway. <laughs> so there are nice things that just now, like for Sarah, for instance, she has an iPad and she has the iPhone 10. You can use the same gestures across both. That would be great. I find myself like trying to like swipe from one app to another and I'm like, oh yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys tried the Measure app? No. No. The Measure app, that's also awesome because augmented reality, I'm not a gamer and so to me it seemed. Yeah, I haven't cared. Like just a whatever feature. Mm-hmm. But the Measure app, Apple came out with a new stock app that lets you use augmented reality. So you have your camera viewfinder and you can measure things in the real world through your camera. Um, and this is so useful for things like hanging curtains or like, you know, photos on your wall or things like that. Yeah. Because it also, they integrated the level app into the mm. measure app so you can switch, make sure like the photo's level and then also see what dimensions the photo is. Nice. And so no more need for a tape measure. I will say the feature, one of the features I was most excited about for iOS 12 that they don't have in the beta is the Shortcuts app. Yeah, I know. Lame that they don't have it yet. I'm still getting these Siri suggestions. They're like so useless. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Someone shared a Google Calendar with me and they keep, and I didn't ask them to, and I've tried, I've tried to get them to like stop this. <laughs> I keep getting notified of their meetings, right? Oh, God. And like invited to them. Crazy. And of course, I'm not gonna attend this meeting that I have nothing to do with, but then I keep getting like suggestions from Siri, like, would you like to call into this meeting now? I'm like, tempting to mess with them, but no. <laughs> and, or, or it just like makes me ashamed of myself because it's like, you're usually taking BuzzFeed, visit, BuzzFeed quizzes at this time. Would you like to do that right <laughs> That's now? That's amazing. <laughs> or, really you know, like... I haven't been getting suggestions like that. I have, yeah. That's like, so weird. I wonder, like... It's just like, just telling me how I use my phone in ways <laughs> that I don't really want to face, basically. Yeah, because for me, like... My understanding is that right now in the settings app, if you go to Siri and search, you can use the segment of the shortcuts now that lets you set up a custom command, but you can't do it for multiple actions because at some point you're going to be able to say like, good morning, Siri, or whatever, and then you'll have a few things happen, like have the news read to you and have, you know, if you have smart home stuff, have your like blinds open or, you know, and uh, your directions to work pop up on your phone. So you can have several things that happen. Right now, you can set a custom command, but it will be just for one thing. So if you go into your Siri settings, you'll see some suggestions of things like that. So for instance, I have like 
to-do list I put in there as an example. If I say, hey, Siri, to-do list, a note, my to-do list that I use every day mm. will pop up in the notes app. So kind of cool, but like... I mean, to me, having, being able to use Siri and control, having custom commands is something I'm really excited about. In general, the reason I'm so excited about the Shortcuts app is because I have the HomePod, which I was has just very like limited that things that so Home baked in. But if I can create all these custom shortcuts, it's going to be really useful for me. Also, I'm writing the Home Automation article. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, already with the Home Automation article, you can do a lot through HomeKit, which I'm enjoying. But being able to kind of create a bunch of custom shortcuts with that. I'm just really thinking cool. of how complicated yeah. your life is going to be once your whole home is automated and you have a small <laughs> child in your house who loves using Siri on your HomePod. We have a rule. He can no longer use Siri unless he's asked to do so. <laughs> and he's constantly like, hey, do you need your lights turned on? Do you need your lights turned off? <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm good, man. Thanks. <laughs> That's really cute. So before we move on to the next section, and um, I wanted to pre-complain about <laughs> WatchOS 5, um, <laughs> just since we're talking about Siri, I, you know, they're going to make it so you you just can raise your wrist and start talking. You won't have to say, hey, Siri. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like Siri already is listening to conversations because I've said something that sounds like, hey, Siri, and I, I, I think it's going to drive me nuts because you move your hand around all the time, and yeah. I'm assuming that I'll be able to turn this feature off, but who knows? Sometimes Apple has really stupid features that you can't turn off. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I'm pre-complaining, but I'll complain more when it actually comes okay. out, I'm sure. Okay. Yeah, Solid it's worrisome, and it's also strange. I think that watchOS 5 is not going to, you can't upgrade on your OG Apple Watch. I mean, the OG Apple Watch is like how many years old at this point? I mean, yeah, I guess it's it's not uncommon for like any tech company to do stuff. I like mean, that, there's but. four generations of Apple Watch now, and then in the fall, there's going to be a fifth one. And it's yeah. already slow, and that's the thing is, I I mean, there's kind of the two sides for these things: the people who think Apple is just trying to force you into upgrading and are angry about it, and then there's the people who think that Apple's trying to protect you from using an operating system that your phone or device can't handle. I tend to land, well, it's probably a little bit of both, but I think in this case, I mean, Apple let me upgrade my iPad to iOS 11 and it's been a nightmare. So I don't want to have an operating system on my Apple Watch that it can't handle because it's already really slow. And there's already features you can't use on the OG yeah, Apple Watch. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I am worried about that Siri feature too. All right, so we, want, we have an app and gear section of this podcast uh, before we wrap up. I have two devices that I want to talk about. Okay. Um, so the first is this case. This is oh. it's a case by Element, and in general, it's a more masculine style. So I've been, you know, I haven't used it up to this point, even though I know it's a high quality case. Mm -hmm. But I've been really impressed with it. Um, it's super rugged, and for a really rugged case, it's not very big. It does have like bigger bezels than its width. Like it's mm -hmm. pretty thin. Um, but it, you do need to use a screen protector with it because it doesn't have a lip on the front. Oh. But it's easy to take on and off. It, I really like a lot of times button coverings make it harder to use your buttons, like the volume up and yeah, down yeah, yeah. and sleep mm -hmm. weight. This one has really high quality, nice buttons oh, that great. are really easy to use. Awesome. Um, and yeah, in general, I think that it's a look that someone who is into more rugged cases would like. It's got like a little, it looks it's, like, um, What's that, Kevlar? Yeah. On the back. Um, it's really yeah. pretty stylish for a, a yeah. case. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I'm enjoying it. And uh, the other one I want to talk about, do you mind passing me that water bottle? Yeah, I've been jealous of this. <laughs> this is a, it's called Drink Up, and it's a water bottle that pairs to an app on your phone and tells you how much water you're drinking throughout the day. And I, that's been a goal of mine to make sure that I'm like staying hydrated because the more I read about it, the more I'm like, wow, it's super important to drink enough water. So how it works is it has a sensor in the lid and you, you charge the lid, you pair it with your phone, and then on the top of the display, it'll give you a percentage. Uh, if you're over 90%, that's like the proper hydration level for you. You can also check on your app and see a chart of it throughout the day, like how you're doing for hydration. But I don't like to open the app that regularly, so it's nice to see here. Uh, you can also like turn it over and hold it for five seconds, and it will tell you. You wait until you feel it vibrate, 
waiting. And then it will tell you the temperature of what's inside. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, it vibrated, but I'm not seeing the temperature on here. These demos never work in yeah. your life. <laughs> what I will say about this is that, and you can set, customize in your app how much you personally want to be drinking. Oh, cool. Um, and it will tell you if you've hit it. What I will say is not the most intuitive to set up. Like I had, like mm. it's one of those ones where you do need to read the manual and not just the quick start manual. Cause there's all kinds of little things that like a heart means you, it's time to drink more. <laughs> and like things like that, that you just aren't intuitive. The percentage, I was like 90%, does that mean I've hit 90% of my goal? So you mm -hmm. have to understand that, no, it's telling you, it's like the percentage has to do with your hydration level at any given uh, moment. Oh, okay. So yeah, there's some things that you need to like learn. Well, also for me, I tend to use my water bottle. Like if I'm sitting at my desk, for example, I won't necessarily have a cap that I screw on and screw off every sip I take. Well, that, you would don't, that would annoy me. You don't have to do it every sip you take. It's every time you refill because oh, you okay. like you could drink the whole bottle and then you put it on and so that it can tell you that you drink that water bottle and oh, then go okay. fill it up again. Oh, okay, good. So it's not like every sip you take. Gotcha. gotcha. But it's still there. There is some element. Like I'm sure there's lots of water I've had to drink that I didn't get credit for. Yeah, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're worried about keeping track of your hydration, it's a pretty painless way instead of you. There are a lot of apps out there where you can manually enter throughout the day. Mm -hmm. But that seems... And yeah, I, I tried one for a while and it's just a hassle to have to log every sip of water you take. Yeah. yeah and sure. I want to be more environmentally conscious anyway and not use as much water, like plastic water bottles. So mm -hmm. having something like this is really nice. I think is a great thing to have anyways. Mm-hmm. Yep, go drink that. Great. Um, so I mentioned that I am doing a smart home article. We have a buyer's guide coming up, and so I'm reviewing a bunch of smart home products. I think at some point down the road, we, I'd love to do a podcast talking about all of them, so stay tuned for that. But uh, the product that I've been using probably the most so far is the Philip Hughes Smart Lights. Have you guys heard about these? Yeah. Yeah. So basically how they work is you just screw them into a standard socket. I got the starter kit, so it comes with four lights and a hub, so you connect the hub to your downstairs router. Well, it's downstairs for me, but your router, wherever your router <laughs> happens to be. People um, are like, you're downstairs yeah. router. <laughs> uh, wherever your router happens to be. And then you ha it comes with an app that's fairly intuitive to set up. And basically, not there's a few fun features. First of all, it uh, you can control the colors of the light bulbs. So you have different colors. Uh, second of all, it's HomeKit compatible. So you can then control your lights through Siri. And I have a HomePod in my room, and so I put two lights in my bedroom, and you can then you can control the color of it. And I actually have been enjoying that more than I thought I would because I'll have, there's a few preset options that are subtle. It's not like crazy colors, but like you can just have like a little bit of a pink glow where <laughs> nice. like there's like a tropical sunset, the, <laughs> like there's fun things. That, and you, But you can also control the percentage. So it's a dimmer function as well. That's, yeah. So you can I say- I wish I had dimmer bulbs. And you can do it through Siri. So you can go, hey Siri, turn my lights to 40% and it'll just go down to 40%. That's awesome. Sounds nice. Um, it, the downside of it is it's a little bit, first of all, HomePod and Siri most of the time works, sometimes doesn't, uh, and so it can be a little bit annoying to always have to use Siri to turn on your phone or open up your phone to use, or to turn on your, your lights or open up your phone. The light switches... Uh, I think you can set the light switches to still work, but for the most part, if you want to be using Siri, you just have the lights on all the time and are only using Siri or your phone, and that can get a little bit annoying at times, um, especially if somebody, I mean, we have it in our room, so it's not like there's random people coming in and out turning on the lights, but like in a main environment. I have that issue um, where like, people turn the light switch off and then yeah. I'm like, hey, this light was programmed to come on at this hour, why is it not yeah, on? Yeah, 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 exactly. Or, or I have like a smart plug that I have a lamp plugged in and then, you know, like there's like 10 teenagers at my house and everyone has to charge their phone so all the, everything that's plugged in gets unplugged so they can <laughs> charge and... Oh, that's so annoying <laughs> after you've like gone to the trouble of this like smart Yeah, setup. exactly. Right. I will say though, I, I don't know why I didn't anticipate this, but kids 
love this. It's like this little <laughs> minor miracle every time you can change the color of the light bulb. And so it is a fun little like party trick for people to like watch the light bulbs change colors as well. Nice. Cool. What about you, Sarah? Um, well, I have this uh, Belkin uh, Valet charger for iPhone and Apple Watch. And, you know, um, there's a lot of different, like, docks and stuff. They're kind of not that exciting, but Belkin does it so well. They do. Um, first of all, they're one of the few to actually include the charging disc for your Apple Watch. Because, like, first of all, if you have to, like, wire your own charging disc in. It's uh, so annoying. But then also if you're traveling, like, what do you do? Mm -hmm. I mean, I actually have a Belkin portable one, so that's what <laughs> I do. But, you know, like, sometimes you might want to, like, keep that charger mm -hmm. that came with your Apple Watch portable. Um, another thing, and it has uh, this thing that you can wrap the wristband around, which is great because sometimes if the wristband is just hanging there and you don't sit the Apple Watch just right, it won't charge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, and then as far as the iPhone goes, you can actually adjust the height oh. of the oh, um, wow. lightning thing. So depending on your case. Oh, that's so That's cool. really smart. Because I've definitely had that experience where like, this doesn't go up high enough for this you know, bulkier mm -hmm. case I'm using, or this goes up too high in my case, it's like wobbling. Mm -hmm. And so you can like adjust it so it sits like perfectly on here. And um, I feel like this is really typical of Belkin. They like, they really do this well. And it, you know, you can get them like to match your iPhone if you care about that stuff. And I kind of do. Yeah, rose gold. <laughs> I mean, my phone it's isn't rose gold. your Apple Watch. But it matches my Apple Watch. So yeah, you know. Um, and the thing that's cool about this, there's some other companies that come with a few different adjustable pieces to have the height differently. But then if you change cases, did you keep the box with those extra right. adjustable pieces? Like this is so much more elegant. Yeah. Yeah, it looks really nice. I actually have a, like a handmade like wooden um, dock like this, but I had to wire my own charger in, which means it's there forever. I had to use screws. And, oh God. And same with like adjusting the height of the, of the, um, the lightning thing Dog. because yeah. and I also had to wire that in as well and that yeah. means I have to plug it into two things you know you just plug your power cord into this like that comes with it and you're set one cord yeah that's yeah. really so, nice mm -hmm. so yeah I feel like Belkin does a fantastic job like I love the valet chargers I've loved every iteration of them <laughs> they're mm -hmm. awesome it's very sleek too mm -hmm. the, I like the kind of chrome top yeah, yeah it looks really good I'm using one of their wireless chargers right now. It's the, uh, I can't remember the product name of it, but it, I'm loving it too. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I know I complained in a previous episode about wireless chargers, <laughs> but I do like, I have a couple and I like, I really like the Belkin one and I also have a Fuse Chicken one, which I think looks really nice. Um, yeah. One, once I got this, I've been keeping it on my desk. I made my office mate start using the wireless one. I was like, you can just put your phone right on and it'll just be charging. <laughs> and he was like, okay. He hasn't like quite accepted how great it is <laughs> to just have your phone charge when you have it mm -hmm. set down. All right, guys. Well, this, I believe, wraps up our episode 89 of the iPhone Life podcast. If you, did we have a question this week? I feel like we should week. ask people what they're, what features they're most excited about with iOS 12. Or if you're yeah. using the beta, what you like or don't like. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you email can... podcasts at iphonelife.com. Sorry, Sarah, was that your? your that was say? what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Email us at podcasts at iphonelife.com, and we'll read out your answers next episode. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Thank